yo, what are you doing right now? Whatever you're doing, let me ask you, do you feel broken, confused by religion, haunted by your past, unsure of your purpose? Do you want to know more about God's truth and his plan for you? <laughs> Guess what? So do we. You're not alone. So let's hang out. And let's get real about who Jesus is and who we are as men. We're going to listen to Jeremy, Trey, Michael, and Brad break it down. These guys call themselves the Cussing Christians. All right, guys, I'm turning it over to you. What is going on? Yeah. Aged, I love me some scrimps. Aged, a pirate's booty. Yeah, my, my kids love that stuff. Aged white cheddar pirate's corn booty. puffs. Pirate's booty. That's yeah, the name man. of this brand. So we're going to promote it. So they don't look like It's got shrimp. SpongeBob like on the back. They look and like butt cheek. SpongeBob <laughs> treasure sweepstakes. All this kid stuff. Oh, booty as in yeah, like a treasure. <laughs> it's the booty. Of course, Michael is thinking the other. Yeah. I mean, he has been out of town for a couple weeks. He's right. been out of town for a couple weeks. You had a great couple of weeks oh, going out gosh. to Arizona, didn't you? That's where Satan lives. Phoenix, dry heat. Mm-hmm. Look at what the heat is. is oh like, my gosh! Is that like Hell's Valley or whatever? When you walk out of the stadium, it hit you, didn't it? Unbelievable! It's like you're opening up an oven door. When you walk out of that stadium, it's like you open up an oven door and got your face too close. My son said the same thing when he got out to the airport he was like who left the oven on here Dude, like, yeah. yeah but it was crazy and their hot dogs suck <laughs> did they oh i'd rather eat my underwear <laughs> really I'm serious really was, and that's our biggest thing how do you mess a hot dog up right that's what i'm saying it it was like short little and it bun was all nasty and part of it was hard and then Dude. hot dog had no flavor and all then right. they didn't have any mustard at the concession stand in the so, whole stadium yeah and then my son heard the guy a couple things down say, you want mustard with that? And he had, they had these little packets. Yeah, it was like, the best hot dog in the world is Fenway, the Fenway Frank. It's phenomenal, but yeah, it sucked. So when but you're the, judging your wiener, like on what scales <laughs> do you use it? And what criteria? Bun is huge. Mm-hmm. The flavor of the dog, the snap of the casing, mm-hmm. you know, is it a, Fenway Franks are made explicitly, is that the right word? Exclusively. 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 Sure. For them. This was like, um, Sam's Club, <laughs> 500000 for 10 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> they just mailing it in. And man, the bun was like, it was just, it was so bad. Okay. So how many total baseball parks have you been to now? 23. This is right. 23rd. Would this be the worst hot dog it of the 23rd? It was the worst hot dog, yeah. The Arizona Diamondbacks hot dog is yeah. the worst hot dog of the ones you've been Fenway to. Frank. The funniest story is my, you know, my brother, the mayor of Columbus, goes with us. And we went to Atlanta, and he said, hey, I'll get the dogs thinking he was going to get them. And I said, all right, I'll get the beers. So we go up to the thing, and they're like, 12 bucks a piece. I'm like, wow, that's kind of weird. So we all ordered two. So he didn't realize that. So it was like 160 bucks for hot dogs, but they were footlongs, and they were covered with you wow. know, uh, pulled pork. And Oh, man. Oh, my God. It was they a were manly the, type amazing. of dog. Amazing. Yeah. Which one? At Atlanta. Atlanta. At Turner Field. We, we got to go back to SunTrust, but <laughs> he thought he was going to, and then he ended up paying $160 for hot dogs. <laughs> but you couldn't eat. I mean, because I'm sure you couldn't finish well, them all. Well, we did. Yeah. We finished them all of them, but wow. was, yeah. Great trip. Would never live in Arizona, never live in New Mexico, and I would never live in West Texas. It was like, it's I've, I've been, that's where I grew up, brother. Brown it, and hot, hot, yeah. and hot, dust hot. tornadoes. Everywhere. Yeah, did you see a tumbleweed? Oh, yeah. Well, they're not, they're it's not, not dead time. yet. It's yeah. not that time yet. But we saw okay. the green of okay. the tumbleweeds and are growing alongside. Yeah, but in the fall when they when, when they, they dry, <laughs> wither up and they. That's one of the things I said. I want to see a tumbleweed go across the highway, <laughs> and it's like they're not. Then ready I want to see a little road runner and yeah. a coyote running behind it. <laughs> I've seen those before. We we. we 
we drove through a whole sea of them once coming back from Colorado, coming back through to Oklahoma. And it was middle of the night and there were like hundreds of them blowing across the road. And it became like a video game, like hit it, hit it. And there's things that were so dry, they would just explode when they hit the car. It was it was the funnest, probably funnest time I've had in Kansas. That is so Brad. <laughs> but they had a big metal roadrunner up on the mountain. I think it was in El Paso. that we Oh, out of, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Crazy. I just, mm-mm. Mm-mm. yep. I well, lived out there in Midland and uh, I loved it. I loved the people. Florida's it, a paradise. I, I, remember, I remember the heat. <laughs> you had a great trip. You, you got to sew into some people. And, uh, yeah, it so was fantastic. That's cool. My niece had a lot of questions that we got to discuss and, and kind of bring her back down to a good base. My nephew, who raised in a terrible situation, and my sister has since passed, but and I can go into that on a more personal level, but he, we changed our plans. We were going to go to the um, Grand Canyon, and I just felt the Lord leading me not to do that because that would have taken us about three hours north, and then we would have totally, and I said, we need to go back and just pray with Sean. Mm-hmm. So we did. Had a nice conversation with his wife and with him and, and just got him to think a little bit more about his relationship with the Lord, and, mm-hmm. and um, he does. He has one. She does. They're just, he's going through a lot of medical things, and I just needed to pray with him that's good and i did and i told him i said we changed our plans for you that i said the lord was so good in that that he wanted us to come back here and just love on you and pray with you and and so that's what we did Uh, awesome we planted a seed planted a seed so i have to go see the grand (laughs) that vacation summer vacation what i was with chevy chase where you stand there for 30 seconds okay we're done that's good yep (laughs) maybe don't maybe don't do it in july yeah oh my gosh go back to grand canyon for your that's five seconds satan that's where hell is i I truly believe that's (laughs) that's that hot it's gonna be it's 106 Uh, and uh, oh it's a dry heat like an oven my fingers are done cracking. I mean, I was I had, oh, lo- so I had lotion everywhere, bro, yeah. and I mean literally everywhere. So if you know, you can go into that. But I had lotion everywhere. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll take my '96 and humid with a breeze. Exactly. Yeah, a little sea breeze off the mm-hmm. coast. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so it's so hot, it's desolate. You ever been stranded? Have you ever been in that desert, that hot by yourself spiritually? You didn't think there was any way out. I know you wanted to talk about that today. Yeah, I did because um, you know, looking at that landscape and miles and miles and if you were to be placed down in that situation for whatever reason whether your car breaks down or whatever and you're out in the middle of nowhere they teach you how to survive out there there are people that i was talking to my i think it was my my uh, uh, nephew's wife she said that you know you can cut open the bottom of a cactus and there's actually water in there and right. you, you can you know you drink can. it and that's a living water for you in that particular situation and i was just driving and driving and driving and just thinking about the desert there are a lot of people now guys that are that are in this spiritual desert that i don't know if it's of their own making or if it's because they've walked away from the lord or whatever it is but there are ways to survive in that and i guess my point of bringing that up is how do we survive that that desert experience and if you've been through it what have you done to get out of it what are the survival skills that you know of that will get you out of that desert yeah you hear you hear stories of guys that felt so isolated that they were on the desert or at a mountaintop and a, at a mountaintop in a bad way or they're in this pit and they can't get out you know how, and, and how what what are the triggers number one to get you out number two what what is uh what maintains you through that as you go, th- I mean, I've got people near and dear to my heart as well, like you that are that are really struggling. They've been in a, a downward 
downward spiral for years now. And they're in this, as we talked about a few weeks back, they're on this little hamster wheel of just total crap. And they just can't figure it out. And they can't figure it out. And and they, they get so, so depressed about it. The anxiety levels go sky high and get I like to say in a paralysis state of mind and body and what, what turns inside of you to pull you out of that? I mean, I'm rambling a little no, bit, but, but, uh, and, and cause I have people near and dear to me the, the same way and, you know, or people that call us with, I'm in this pit, how do I get out of it? Yeah. And, you know, my first question to them, and, and I had a correspondence with a gentleman the other day from Texas and, uh, he, he, he was saying, you know, kind of blaming God. And I said, okay, what actions are you taking? Holy Spirit wants you to be moving, dude. It's not, I'm praying the Lord's going to get me out of this. Okay, that's great to help ask the Lord to get you out of it. But at the same time, what do you, you know, you got to be moving. Sometimes the Holy Spirit, you know, so many people say, I'm going to wait and figure out what God tells me to do. And they go, no, 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 start moving. And the Holy Spirit's going to guide you to what you're doing, you know. Do you prepare yourself before you go into a, a desert experience? I mean, do you walk out there? All, all alone with nothing to help you survive? Do you go without water? Do you go without food? Do you go without campfire materials? Whatever it is. I yeah. mean, there's a show on, uh, I think it's uh, Discovery Channel, where this guy teaches you how to survive in every situation. Mm-hmm. And as Christians, we've got the survival kit. Yes, it's, as you point to that book, yes. We have the survival kit, and we definitely get ourselves into situations like that, but all God wants us to do is call out and rely on him. And we don't. We try to do it on our own. And I have learned that, that all I need to do is call on him. And there is such joy and peace in that. There is no more fear in that. But I'm also prepared to go in. If I do happen to be in a desert experience, I'm prepared and if I do, it's not going to last long. I, right. don't, I don't know if I ever will or if it'll happen, but I know it won't last long because mm-hmm. I am prepared. Well, you know, you think about the pit or the desert experience. Most of the time, there's a lot of little things that started a long time ago that ate away at you to where you were. You ended up there by your own self-inflicted wounds, decisions, whatnot. Right. And a lot of times we put our heads in the sand as things are happening to us, go into the paralysis stage and and just go with the flow, thinking God's going to change it for me and not not even take a step out to make a change and allow him to steer you to change. And then all of a sudden, over those years of inactivity, boom, I wake up one morning, I'm in the desert and I'm in a I'm in a tough spot or I wake up in this pit and people are looking down at me and I don't know how to get out. How do I get out of this hole that I put myself into? I just think most of the time it's the desert. You're, you go out to the desert, you and you're, you're you're planning it. Yeah, you pack a lot of water. You pack a camping gear. You you pack a, a flint so you can make right. start a fire. You know, you, you pack a compass and all that. But so many times in life, we we don't even look at anything like that, and then boom, we're there. I have no clue how to survive. It's it's interesting because um, I was looking examples in the Bible. Obviously, Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Yes. But but he was, God was like preparing him. That's before he kind of launched his ministry officially. So he was he was out there. And of course, you know, Satan came at him, was, was testing him. And he kept coming back with scripture. So like what you're saying before, Michael, like having the word, knowledge of the word, that's that's one good way to survive it. Right. But also the children of Israel, when they, they left Egypt, you know, slavery, but they were led into the wilderness, which was freedom. But that's not where 
God wanted them to stay. That was a small piece. Oh, yeah. He was, I mean, he, 40 he won- years of a small piece. <laughs> like, me, don't get me wrong. But. Yeah. And, and I was reading this commentary. It said that that was an 11 day walk. It should have taken them 11 days to get to Canaan. But because they had, they sent the spies in and, and the guys said, we can't do it. And God was pissed because it's like, you guys need to trust me. I led you here. And so because you didn't trust me, guess what? You're going to wander around for 40 years now. People, because people didn't, they grumbled and complained all the way and they didn't trust God. And so that prolonged that, that time, but it could have been, you know, it could have been 11 days. It could have been preparation for the, for the next, for what God wanted to do and blessing them but because but of how they, they learned a lesson. Yeah. yeah. That's crazy. But that was the desert too. And look what God brought to them out of that. He brought water out of a rock. He yeah. brought manna every morning, fresh manna every morning. And then when they disobeyed yeah. and collected two days worth of manna, yeah. what happened to it? Yeah. It rotted. Rotted. So they weren't listening to what God had for them. He he continued to make a way for them. He continued to provide, make a way, but they kept, as soon as it dried up or as soon as it went away, they went right back to grumbling and complaining. Yeah. And is that what we do? Oh, yeah. Crazy. (laughs) You know, that manna needs a little butter. I wish he'd send some of that down. <laughs> Could use a little garlic sprinkle or some Parmesan cheese on it. How about some pirates? Some, some pirates booty <laughs> chips that we're looking at right here. So what do you think yeah. keeps us in the desert? I have something in my mind, but I'm just curious what you guys think. Like, what's the one thing about us, and, and, and especially as men, that keeps us in the desert? Because we tend to get there more than women, I we, think. We tend to get there more than women. and We make a lot of decisions uh, through pride and all these things right. that we can yeah. help everything. You know, and I think so many times we get there and we're going, man, I got here i'm gonna work my ass out of it i'm gonna find a way to do it and that's just a self that's just a prophecy of disaster yeah you i know? think so i think that's what keeps most people even the christian in the desert or is that they think they can work themselves out without using god right you know, which makes it harder that was the right. israelites issue right right they just trusted god and went and did what he asked and mm-hmm. there's been 11 days yeah. But instead, they tried to work it out in 40 years. So yeah. congrats. It really worked out. <laughs> um, and a lot of times you can get into the desert. You know, I'm, I'm rereading John Lynch's book, The Cure, again, and, you know, for are. the third or fourth time. But a lot of times when you get there, you, you feel a lot of shame. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And in shame, guess what we do? We put masks on. Mm-hmm. Guess what we do when we shame? We try to hide the problems. When we have shame, we, we keep things in the darkness. Mm-hmm. We won't be real with anybody. We won't be honest with anybody. Reach out for help in the very, very beginning when things aren't too bad instead of I'm in the desert and I need something that's beyond my means to help you. I think shame does a lot to us. I, I know I was in shame when I was felt like I was at the bottom of my pit. I was just putting on a facade and putting on a face and I'm just going to work my way. I'm going to put on this mask, work my ass off to get out of this problem on my own. But shame comes from pride. Big time. If you yeah. put your pride aside, there's no shame. Right. Yeah. No. So I think you're right. What were you going to share? You said you had your own ideas. It was pride. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah. Right. No, I was thinking about like what keeps, I think about some people in my life that I've talked to about like Christianity and coming to Christ and things like that. And then usually in the one person thing, I'm definitely battling with really severe addiction. That program doesn't work for me. That program doesn't work for me. Oh, this program won't work. If God could help me, he would have, you know, that type of thing. Well, it's because you never look at your pride. Right. And by the way, what he's asking you to do might not be comfortable. It might be going into the desert. It might be. But that's what you need. Well, he'd rather lead you there than you just fall off a rock and land there. Yeah. I mean, that's why they needed the 40 years. Right. I mean, the Israelites needed the 40 years to get the point. Yeah. Like, it's not like God wanted them there for 40 years. Right. He gave them the 11 days. Right. They disobeyed. So they needed a 40 year correction. Right. And sometimes that's what we need in life, too. And unfortunately, sometimes we die in the middle of the correction. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because most of that generation never got to see the promised land. Right. So. Yeah. 40 years. Sorry. 
yeah, no reward for that. Right. But the reward in trusting in him, though, was you get the eternal reward. Yep. So at least as Christians, we have that option. I don't know. Yeah. And aren't we supposed to be prepared for every situation? Not just the desert times, but every situation that you're not going to, Jesus said about building a house, you're going to take everything into effect. The property, the drainage, the architectural, the building materials, all of that is going to be on a solid foundation. But how many times do we go into a situation and we haven't done that? We haven't. We no. And that's what caused us to be in that desert situation. Yeah. And then we bitch and complain about where are you, God? And all along, God was like, I'm here. I've never changed. And he's right. never going to change. Right. He's the same yesterday, today and forever. Right. So he's never going to change. Right. But we as humans put all the blame on him when right. he doesn't come always. through. Always. Always. <laughs> I did. Oh, for sure. I mean, I think yeah. we all do. And it's uh, when in reality, it's the sin problem. That's the issue. Not God. Yeah. He didn't change. I want to read something from our friend Matt that I saw when I was wanting to talk about this topic. It says, Jesus is in complete control of the difficulty you're facing. Could he change your painful situation instantly? Of course, he's God. He can do anything he wants, but he's much more interested in developing your heavenly character, maturity, growth, and dependence on him are his goals for you. This short trip here to planet Earth is but a trial for your real life in heaven. You currently, you're currently being prepared for much greater things, things you cannot fathom right now. So fix your thoughts on the big picture, eternity on the author and the perfecter of your faith. This will ease your mind and put your problems in the proper perspective. Jesus is in, is in control. He loves you and nothing goes unnoticed by him. That was by Matt McMillan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, when, when you're in the desert, how easy is it to, it's not, it, it's hard to get your mind around that if you're focusing totally on what your circumstance is instead of who you are. And we, we forget that. We forget that. I, I'm a prime example of being suicidal and screaming at God. And I finally had the revelation of, well, at least you're talking to me now, Trey. Right. At least you're <laughs> acknowledging I'm here. Yeah, it's funny you say that whenever I'm, I find myself like, man, why isn't this working out? Or this is, I can't have answers, whatever this is. And then I'm like, you know what? I never asked. I didn't, I never started talking. So if I don't talk to you, then how are you going to answer me back? Right, Michael, <laughs> if I don't pick the phone up and call you, right? you're not exactly going to call me first because you don't know I have a problem. Right. Now, God knows I have a problem, but it is my job to, to reach out, right. you know, say, hey, this is what my I'm thinking. God. And by the way, help me understand a little bit. Yeah. And the Holy, the Holy Helper will help you with right. that. You know, if you open your mind up to it, take yourself out of the situation for a second, trust in the plan, it'll eventually come yeah. true. I mean, I, I, I had, you know, I've got a, a sticky situation and family stuff going on right now. Right. And it was yesterday. I just stopped in my car in front of, in a parking lot in front of a restaurant. And then I just, I started crying. I said, I don't know what to do, Lord. I just don't know what to do. And I had this overwhelming sense come over me saying, you can't do anything. Give it to me. Just that's always the answer. Let me let me give you direction on how to handle things. I'm trying to do it on my own and trying to have answers on my own. And in life, I don't don't have one. Right. I don't have one, man. You're stuck in the desert. You're stuck in this rut. You're stuck in this hole. Nine point nine times out of ten, you dug that hole over a number of years. Right. Nine times out of ten, you were helping that land dry up around you to become a desert. Mm around you. It might have started out with total paradise garden of Eden look, but you weren't watering enough or something and by your own doing you you're in that desert. And uh cuz we keep you know people keep blaming God and saying, "Man, God put me here in the desert." I said, "No, God God unleashed his fury on Jesus." Hmm. So 
Yeah, God can bring the wrath, but man, he already did it now. He, he did it on Jesus and bled him out on the cross. And that's a powerful thing to think about. And when when people when, when I hear Christians saying, God's just punishing me right now, and, and I just it just makes me cringe. Like you have no clue who you are. You have no clue who God says you are. And it, it just you know, makes my heart just it just makes my heart feel feel sad a lot. Also an opportunity to plant a seed and try to Tell them about grace and the powerfulness of grace if you only dug a little deeper and understood it. Sorry for the long uh, rant there. But. And I was going to circle back to what you said about watering it. Yeah. If it if you don't water it, no. it's going to look like that patch of crap that I drove through. For, <laughs> seriously. Hey, it's a rugged beauty. <laughs> no. <laughs> what were you going to say? No, no. It's a, I was just... As we were talking, sometimes I just Google to see what comes up. And this uh, Turig proverb came up, which is not a biblical proverb, just we're on the same page. I actually don't even know how to pronounce it correctly. T-U-A-R-E-G, Turig. Um, but it came up. Isn't that a Volkswagen vehicle? Yeah, that's what it's Volkswagen Turig. Sure. Okay. okay. It was written in one of those. <laughs> okay. But it said, God created lands full of water so people can live in. And God created the desert so people can find their souls. Wow. Interesting. It's interesting that and a lot of people find their souls in the pit or in the desert. You know, I've, I got a friend of mine that's a pastor out in Texas and man, he went he went through it. He he, he uh, about 10 years ago, he 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 screwed up, man. He, he had an affair and he immediately was in a pit because of his decisions and it, it worked its way out. And as as he so eloquently explained it to me. He goes, you know, I was preaching the word from the stage and organizing it. Our church was growing fast and all these other things. I got so caught up in the growth of the church and how it looked, how I looked and everything else. I just ignored some of the warning signs or some of the attention I was getting and mm. bada bing, bada boom. And then I'm in the bottom of this pit now. And there were three type of people that were walking by looking down at me. You had these people walking by condemning me and shaming me, saying that hey, you deserve everything you got. Mm pastor and then he had this other group that kind of walked by like a like they're looking at zoo animals like huh poor guy he's in a pit poor baboon in a cage you know that type of thing mm. and he says i i never understood grace as a as a preacher in my life until there was one person that looked down at me and put their hand down and i said who was that and he goes it was my wife mm. and i just went whoa he goes, I never understood grace. And Jesus clicked with me on what his grace meant. And I never thought about it. I never thought about who I truly was and 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 and, and the grace that he gave me. And it, was, it, it wasn't a short turnaround and it took me a while. And he finally got back into the ministry after rehab and therapy and things like that, according to the elders and, and, and stuff. But, you know, how many times are we out there in that pit or in that desert? And we're feeling that shame, that condemnation, that that judgment. Do we really peel back the layers and just look at the most powerful gift God gave us as his grace and understood that he is there with us? It took his wife forgiving him and giving him grace to realize the power of Jesus grace. And Jesus was there in the pit with him the whole time. Mm -hmm. I just thought that was a, one of the most powerful, powerful stories I've ever heard from a pastor. Yeah. How many times so, are we in a pit or in a desert and don't even know it? Oh, man. Have you ever thought about that? Yeah. It's like the hamster wheel. Like, y'all, and you don't mm -hmm. even know how to get off of it and that you're on it. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I was just thinking about that. Like, there's times that you know you see people and you just know that something's not right or whatever that is, or maybe yeah. you yourself are. Right. And it's just you just don't know you're even in a desert yet. Yeah. 
And by the time you realize it, that sun's beating down, it's getting dark, <laughs> you know, all those things. Holy cow, there are wolves out here. Okay. <laughs> I, might, I might not make it through the night. And yeah. I always come back to one of my favorite Psalms, and that's Psalm 23. It talks about waters and green pastures and things that are not desert. And one of the things that I always go to, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil for you are with me. And I always go to that word through. Through. Because you're not stuck. It's it's a it's passage. Mm-hmm. It means even though I walk through, it means it's not going to be there all the time. You're, you're not going to be stuck in that situation. Yeah. And I love that about that that song man so why don't we see him why don't we know that he's with us when we're in the desert you know that passage says he's walking with us but most of the time we don't know it is it because of the pride is it because of ignorance is it because of what is that answer Mm -hmm. i'd like to ask that of specific people in my life now you know do you have any idea who's walking with you right now and you don't even freaking know it yeah we can turn around too though i mean there's times if you're truly in the word you're truly thinking about it living it you're going through a situation then you do know he's with you right even though the situation's dark the valley's dark you know who's holding your hand yeah but you're still there like still there. I mean, that doesn't. He, he, he'll he'll bring you out of it, but you just don't know when. Right. But you know he's there with you. This is a, this is a deep, deep conversation because there are so many people that are lost in that way. Mm-hmm. They're great people. They've made horrible decisions, and their circumstances have changed for the worst. Where they're scrambling just to survive, get through, keep their head above water. That's another thing. You're out in the middle of the ocean. I mean, you could talk about desert. You could talk about floating in the middle of the ocean as well. That's and, scary. Yeah. I mean, and you don't know what's below you. You don't know what hurricane's coming. You don't know how long you can keep your keep treading water. You ever feel like you're just treading water? If you had that, guess who's treading water with you? Mm-hmm. And that, that, that might not bring you comfort or get you out of that situation, but at least it gives you a mindset that maybe you'll have a clearer mind and a clearer heart to get out of the desert or yeah. to find a way to float longer or to find a way to get that ladder to get you out of that pit. But as Satan is cranking up that heat, and we've all felt that heat, yeah. not not only a physical heat, but a spiritual heat, as he's cranking it up, is this, is this going to end? Is, it, is there a, a stopping point to this? And it's when we totally surrender and say, you know what, I can't do this anymore i have to give it to him and that's what you felt in that i felt parking. it yesterday yeah it, it was yesterday before lunch meeting mm-hmm. i i just been trying to handle the situation and try to be the good guy and try to do everything i can and it's all backfired on me and just said let's i said lord i have i have no clue what to do now and it's like finally you're talking to me well you took the first step right yeah. i mean and that's then you said it earlier but you have to there has to be some some motion right even if the first motion is saying hey god I'm recognizing there's a problem. Right. Mm -hmm. And I need your help. I mean, you're talking about the ocean. One of my favorite Christian jokes is this guy's on a boat and he falls off. And next thing you know, he's praying and then a dinghy comes out. He goes, no, 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 I'm good. My God will save me. The next thing you know, (laughs) you know, center console comes out and he goes, no, 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 my God will save me. The next thing the Coast Guard comes out and he goes, no, 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 my God will save me. Guy drowns. He gets up to the pearly gates and says, hey, St. Peter. He goes, why didn't God save me? He says, I sent you a dinghy, a center console, and the Coast Guard. He goes, what more do you want? What the heck, dude? You know? Wake up. Center console's a boat, right? Yeah. It is. Okay. Yeah. A nice boat. A nice boat. Plastic with a ship. No, a, 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 nice, a nice boat. Most of the fishing boats you see out there are center consoles. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, but, it's, but that's what it takes. You got to uh, say the prayer. He sent him a dinghy. Right. You know what I mean? But then get in the damn dinghy. Like, <laughs> what more do you want? Right. Yeah. So just... It does take some motion. You know, one of the things that the Holy Spirit spoke to me on that drive, and, and I, I've been praying fervently for 
particular situations. And um, I feel like it's not going the way I expect him to do it. Isn't that crazy how we do that? Okay. So you have an expectation of how God I believe you're going to do exactly. it, and you're going to do it this way. Exactly. Yeah. And he said to my spirit, do you really think that I can't miraculously change that situation right now? Right. And I said, yeah, Lord, I'm not giving you the credit for that. I'm not giving you the, the total all that that comes with how you formed me into being and how you formed the worlds and everything that is those mountains that I saw and, and everything out there. And he said, let me do what I need to do. And he looked at you and said, there's a reason West Texas looks like this. <laughs> well, it definitely makes mountains look good. And yeah, yeah. there's a reason why I created <laughs> And I, I lived out there, brother. There, there's some amazing people out there. West Texas shaped me. So uh, look at you now. So you're bragging about man. that? Yeah, man. Uh, there he goes. Hey, <laughs> here we go. <laughs> I've been kind of quiet this podcast. I'm waiting. Yeah. <laughs> now, this is uh, this is an amazing conversation because we, we've got so many brothers that are in that desert or in that pit or in that forest or in that ocean and they don't know how to get out. I got several that I'm in communication right now in different parts of the country that just keep, and, and there's a recurring thing. I keep praying to God to get me out and I'm still here. And my, my, my theme going back is, so what's your plan? What action are you taking to allow the Holy Spirit to even guide you? Are you just laying on a couch in a pity party, drinking a bourbon every night to put you, put out your pain and go to sleep? Or are you getting up in the morning and trying to find a way to get that new job or trying to find a way to, to escape that relationship or trying to find a way to problem solve? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you might have created this mountain in front of you through all your bad decisions in your life the past 15 years or whatever, but the mountain is climbable bit by bit. So what's your, what's your plan today just to go one step? Mm -hmm. And uh, I had that conversation with a guy two days ago and he just got in this paralysis mode, man. And the, and the, the pit keeps getting deeper. If you don't move mm -hmm. the desert, the mirages get bigger and bigger in the desert. If you don't do something. Right. Well, you know, we, you know, we, we talked about before um, about pride, keeping us there. And, and so I was thinking of that scripture that says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. And also I was looking at Psalm 107. This is, it's such a cool chapter because it kind of, it kind of goes through all the stuff that the Israelites did. There's like six different times in here where it describes, you know, they grumbled against the Lord. So this happened. And then it says, then they cried to the Lord in their trouble and he saved them from their distress. That happens like six times in this chapter. To so every time that they cried to the Lord in their trouble, he saved them from their distress. Mm -hmm. So, right. so to me, that's a key thing. And again, that takes humility, right? You have to admit that that you were wrong. You, you have to humble right. yourself. Oh, yeah. Well, that, that's tough, right? Like how many times have we prayed to God and said, hey, God, will you please help me? I know I did this or I need this or I need this help or this is what's going on. But on the other side of your brain, you're thinking, and if you don't do that, I'm going to do this. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like true humility is I don't have another plan. Right. 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 Like I'm going to start doing something. This, I hope you bless it. Show me whatever. But like I don't have another plan, but whatever you're going to show me. Right. But that's tough. And, and how often is that our last strategy? That's oh. like, it's, like, it's the last thing we try, right? Yeah. right? We got all these other plans. I'm going to figure this out. Yeah. We got a penny left. Yeah. Let me, let me start praying now. Right. When you're at the end of your rope. When you you're at the end of the rope Lord. and you finally cry out to him. And then that, that happens with a lot of us. But you're right, Chef. I, it, uh, instead of, Lord, get me out of this situation, show me the way, whatever. It, maybe it's just, Lord, I don't have any idea what to do. Mm -hmm. Just saying something like that. I, I know I got here by my own doing. 
man, I everything I've read and learned listening to the cousin Christians, <laughs> you're right here with me. So if you are, I, I have no clue what to do. Mm. So I'm going to get up tomorrow and I'm going to take one step. I just pray that you're going to guide me for that one step. And I think, I think it's important to the people listening. Like we're, we're talking very heavy right now, right? This is a pretty heavy one, but like, it doesn't mean you have to be on your last penny. Like no, we're not talking, no, we're not talking about that. It could be. It's just that so many people wait, they wait so to, yeah, freaking long. Yeah. But there's other things that'll happen in your life that, if you just humbled yourself, man, like it just, you wouldn't have to have that stress. You just wouldn't have to have that worry. It's, it might be your kid making the travel baseball team. You know what I mean? If you're worried about that, life's doing all right. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. You're <laughs> in good shape if that's your worry. Yeah. If that's your worry, but that might be your worry. Right. Right. So you leave it in the Lord's hands. All right. So maybe you play catch with your kid more or whatever that is. That's, that's your emotion that God pushes you towards, you know, hmm. or it could be as extreme as you're losing your house or your right. job or whatever, but we don't have to, don't, don't only wait till you're losing your house and job to call on them either. You can call on God for right. all the other stuff too. There's right. nothing wrong with that. Hmm. Whatever your worries are, he's he, there. He to, wants them. He, he wants, wants to hear them. He wants to hear him, hear him. Uh, you're absolutely right. Yeah, man. I needed this one today. Hmm. I you needed did. this one today, man. Uh, and I appreciate you guys actually, um, just to get away for the day, I went to SeaWorld. And I decided there's only one thing I like about SeaWorld, dipping dots. <laughs> <laughs> only a SeaWorld. And uh, I'm just not an amusement park guy anymore. And uh, But uh, the dipping dots were pretty dang good. Yeah, I've got know. a decision to make right now on amusement parks. So my kid wants to possibly go to one tomorrow with a friend. But we're not really sure we want him to go with a friend <laughs> without me. So mm. I'm trying to decide if I go or he doesn't go. Uh, so I don't think I'm going. Uh, okay. <laughs> you better plan something <laughs> else out. out there. <laughs> well, guys, this has been an uh, amazing time. Guys that are listening in this week, we just appreciate you listening in. We just want you to think about that. Are you in that desert? Are you in that ocean? You feel overwhelmed. Are you in that pit that you just can't seem to get out of? Man, we, we're just Joe Schmoes just like you. This ministry was formed about, around in a living room with four guys just talking just like this, giving each other perspective, confessing to each other in the spirit of uh, Jesus' own brother, James, so we can heal. We can get out of that desert. We can finally admit to our issues and our problems and, and the mask that we're wearing, and we can start getting out of that desert or out of that pit. And if you if that's going on in your life, reach out to us. Yeah, man. Man, just go our to the, emails are there. The Brotherhood support page is there. Just shoot us an email. You can also see our email addresses on the Facebook and uh, Instagram pages. There's a brother that love to chat with you. And uh, we we have a common thing. There's some there's another brother in our organization that has a common they've been in the same desert you're in or the same pit you're in. And uh, maybe we can find a way just to give you some little resolution and through the Holy Spirit, give you a little peace of mind, a little discernment, establish a little more trust in who created us that we can get out of that desert because we've got somebody there to get through it. Right, Michael? Yeah. Anyway, we appreciate you guys listening in. Last thought, the desert, the pit. What are you thinking? One of the things that I saw on the way out there, they got all these stands along the way with billboards kind of getting you fired up to buy jewelry and Mexican hats and wearables and stuff like that. So we went into one. I just wanted to see. Did you get a crystal? I got, it sucked me in real bad. <laughs> but I saw these beautiful pots, Trey, and I'm standing there looking at the colors and going, these things are gorgeous. And I thought about who our potter who makes us and it, it, they form that clay and it it's ugly and brown and wet and you know you got to form it up and then he's forming you he is the master potter but then it takes heat to make him that beautiful wow mm -hmm. okay and 
the whole drive, I'm just thinking, guys, if, if you're in the heat, you're going to come out on the other side, a beautiful pot formed by the Heavenly Father oh, that made you. Man. Okay, I can't top that one. Thank you. That that's huge, brother, yeah. and I appreciate you sharing that because that is it's cool. That is so true. That is so true, man. Mm. That is so true. Thanks for getting real. I love it. It's good. I was just thinking if if we you know back to what Michael said earlier about walking through the, the valley of the shadow of death and he's with us. If we could just vision that he's standing right there with us, waiting. He's just like, call on me. Like I'm right here. <laughs> I'm I'm waiting for you to to, to do it. Exactly. So I I pray that we'll have that that you know, whatever situation guys are in right now or coming up that we'll just be able to see that that god is right there that he's just standing right there next to us and all we have to do is call on his name yeah he like like john lynch says he's not on the other pile of our big pile of dung <laughs> right going look at all that crap you've done it yeah, and you on the other side and of you're it. on the other side he is right there with yeah. his arm around you going all right this desert looks pretty tough how are we gonna get out of here yeah i need you to make a decision so i can act yes maybe put me to work but you need to take a step forward right I just hope that somebody listens to this or talks to somebody and they meet the potter mm-hmm. and they know that there is a potter out there that can make you into that beautiful pot because that's that's the hope of what we're doing, right? Is that somebody somewhere will, will realize that there is an option. There is a way out of the desert. There's a way out of the hole. Mm-hmm. His name's Jesus. Amen. And it takes very little effort to accept him in your life and it'll change everything. Right. That's what I hope. Yes, that's uh, that's that's phenomenal. I I'm just gonna let you guys have the mic drop on that. This is um uh, this has been a great great session. And uh, guys, if you're listening in, just tune in every week. Grace for Man podcast started this week too. And um, uh, just check out both the podcasts. Give us a like. Give us one of those cool likes and, and shoot us a note on Instagram or Facebook. Likes, follows, and shares are free. But we'll free. take a donation on our web Facebook page. We'll take a donation. You can go to the Impact page and hit Give. Speaking of donations, all right, we have our, our we have our net big fundraiser coming up September sixteenth. We want you all to come join us. It is a night of worship, a night of revelation, uh, a night of grace. We're teaming up with Micah Tyler. And the event's called the Walking Free in Grace Experience at the King Center for the Performing Arts. Uh, the tickets are going to go on sale in a couple of weeks. We have a save the date that's all over social media now. Ask your wife out on a date for that night because uh, we're going to be talking to the wives. We're going to be giving a message to the men in the room, talking about our ministry, uh, raising money for our operating and charitable partners uh, so we can uh, keep this train rolling we want more than 28 countries. We want more than 47 states. Uh, the message of grace and us discovering that one man at a time is is just vital and is catching on more and more. So mark that date down, September 16th in beautiful Melbourne, Florida at the mm-hmm. King Center, the Walking Free and Grace Experience. Our friend Gary Miracle will be joining us and uh, with a couple of other uh, really neat little additions to the night that uh, we hope will leave a mark in the name of Jesus Christ. So I'm going to stop right there. Tell you guys I love you. Thanks for your emotion today. I'm so glad you're back in the saddle after your trip out to Arizona for that horrible hot dog you had (laughs) um, and your story about it. And uh, I'm glad you're back in town and the gun show at the end. Thanks for all you do helping me. And, of course, the mayor... The mayor of Vieira joined us again today, Justin Miller, down at the end of the table. He is always such a support supporter of us and everything we do, and he is right in the midst of men passionate about Christ, and we want you to be too. So check us out. With that said, I'm Trey. I'm Michael. I'm Brad. And I'm Jeremy. We are the... 
Cussing Christians. I didn't hear the geese today. Huh? Yeah, why well, was that? <laughs> the snap of the casing when you bite the hot dog. Oh, that's amazing. Did you see? Did you see Joey Chestnut take down yeah. that? Take down that. that. How awesome was the, that? The uh, protester. I gotta go watch that. Sixty-three hot dogs. He didn't. He didn't miss a yeah, beat. He just like, oh. he just like, <laughs> damn.